0: Your friends. I wanted to bring you into the realm of one of the classes we have here at Amazing Love. The class is this AXIS class. Any AXIS class students here today? Carolyn, that's awesome. Well, I wanted everyone to be a participant in AXIS class today. It's our confirmation class, 6th to 8th grade. And what we do to break up our class period is an exercise called, what is wrong with that? Pop song. What's wrong with that pop song? Now, before I get into what's wrong with that pop song, let me just uh, say that, that this is an area of Christian freedom. You are not uh, obligated to, if you're a Christian, listen only to Christian music, okay? Um, we have freedom in that realm, right? Um, I, I listen to K-Love, though. They have the challenge that for 30 days, see what it does if you just listen to Christian music. And that's not bad. That, I think that might be beneficial. But again, um, we're free in certain areas, Right? The thing and the reason we do this though is we want to operate with discernment. We want to be able to recognize what the message that people are bringing and be able to tie that to what God says and and see what he says about what we're, you know, processing. So we want to pick out discernment. And so with all that said, here we go with our exercise. You guys are part of Axis class. Are you ready? Here is our selection. What is wrong with that pop song by Lady Gaga? You can't have my heart. And you won't use my mind, but do what you want with my body. Now, uh, I won't ask for verbal answers uh, for what's wrong with that pop song. Uh, But hopefully, maybe by the end of this message, you'll have an idea of what is wrong and and going on in that song. You know, uh, some of the sentiments, let's just understand the message she's bringing, is that our thoughts, our minds, and our hearts can somehow be disconnected with our bodies. That's what she's proposing. Our minds and our thoughts can somehow be disconnected from our bodies. We had a series on the Ten Commandments a couple summers ago. you remember the Ten Commandments? And we talked about um, the gift of sex. And there, one of the things we learned is that when it comes to sex, we cannot separate what our body is doing with what our spirit is feeling. And that's something we need to be true about. And yet there's this thought that it's just sex, that it's just what a body does. Do you know this is not a new thought? Greek philosophers had the same kind of thinking about the body. Uh, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, they they believed in something called dualism. And dualism was this idea that your mind is radically different than your body. They're separated. And so some even took it as far to say that the the body is is bad or evil and the mind or the spirit is good. And they took it as far as to say so you can mess up your body because it's evil and it won't affect and doesn't matter uh, with your mind and your spirit. So what's wrong with that pop song? First point that I want you to consider for today in an answer from Scripture is this. Your body is intricately linked to your soul. You get this? Your body, how we operate, what we do with this is intricately linked with your soul. Here are these words that we're considering. This is part of our our passage for today we'll get into. Do you not know your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? There it's basically saying that when I use my body in certain ways, it will affect my spirit. It will affect the connectivity I have to Jesus, my Savior. You know, later in our, our lesson, as we'll get into it, says that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Kind of reminds me of a pregnant lady, um, where whatever you eat or whatever you drink is then um, consumed by that, that person inside of you. I think maybe that's a good picture of how God made us. How we use our bodies, what we're doing with them, can affect the spirit and our connectivity with him. So that's what we're going to talk about. And we are in the third or fourth week of our series on treatment. Um, let's consider some of the overarching goals we've had for this series. When we talked about spiritual training, one of the goals was to read your Bibles for 10 minutes a day for 30 days. Um, if you've fallen off the track, start it again today. Uh, 10 minutes a day uh, for 30 days. Another thing that we had is to um, last week start a blessing journal or call out all the, the reasons of thanks you have in your life. That was along with our emotional health. And we talked about tying our emotions to the promises of God. Well, today, again, it is about physical health. And let's learn more about what God has to say by getting into our lesson. Uh, Our our lesson is from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Um, Here Paul is writing uh, about food, about sex, about how we use our bodies. Uh, Let's uncover the knowledge found there, uh, middle of page six. I have the right to do anything with my body, you say. But not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But whoever is knighted you to the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies." This is the truth that we're going to uncover today with the goal that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. So let's consider these words. You know, I was watching GMA this past week and on there, two identical twins came up. They are doctors. And they set out to do an experiment of which would help them lose weight the fastest. If they would cut out sugar, or if they would cut out fat. And so they went on a month-long experiment, one of them cutting out sugar and one of them cutting out fat. And what they found was quite interesting. It surprised me, and I kind of laughed, that both of them felt miserable. They did lose weight, but again, were miserable in the process. And they concluded that your body actually needs both sugar and fat. That's good for me. Now, we could go on and talk about healthy sugars and healthy fats, but, but that's, that's a bit different. They found that it's both good. It's okay to eat these things. We don't have to cut them out completely. An announcer looked at that experiment, and then he used one word that starts with an M when it comes to food. And maybe you've heard this M word applied to all kinds of food. And that M word that he uh, said and proposed was this. The word was moderation. You got it, Moderation. I believe there's a biblical precedent for moderation. I really do. When you consider the substance alcohol, what, what is moderation about? Well, in one section it says a little wine is good for the stomach, so it's not forbidden. In the other section it says don't get drunk on wine. So again, there's moderation. I think we see that in our lesson today. Look again at verse 12. End of that verse. It says, I have the right to do anything, and here it's talking about eating and drinking, but I will, be, I will not be mastered buy anything. And so this is one of our first prescriptions. If you take out that prescription card, here's one of your goals. It's not to be mastered but to use moderation. Not to be mastered and what is being mastered by something being mastered by something is that i give myself over to it uncontrollably i can't stop myself even if i wanted to stop i couldn't stop because this is what i do that's the substance i really like and and what i wanted to draw your minds to and i think this can be really helpful is is there a substance that currently has mastery over you and to ask that question is there a substance that currently has mastery over you to give you an example here is my exhibit a Anyone else like chocolate chip cookies? Love them, love them. And Jewel makes fantastically delicious chocolate chip cookies. Every batch is a little different, but uh, when they get it right, boy, do they get it right. And um, my goodness, it's awesome. And and there is a problem, though, with these chocolate chip cookies for me, because every time my wife brings them home, it is a test of willpower and self-control. And every time, I lose the test. It feels like winning, but I'm actually losing, and this I know. Because when I see this bag, cookie monster ensues. Cookie, and then nom, nom, nom. And that's all I do. You know, one turns into three to five to, and then it's gone. Right? So my current solution with these delicious jewel cookies is I have told my wife, please don't buy them. I will lose that battle. It will not be helpful for me. Or if you do buy them, could you just hide them? Right, I know what's going to happen. I am not going to control myself. I'd really not to I like, go down that road. So, so that is one area in a light way that has mastery over me. Now we're bringing this up because I think when we understand what God is saying here, it can be helpful. That's all. And, and maybe there are substances like this in our own households that we know have mastery over us. That's better just not to touch in general. Like you know of certain things that whether you eat or drink, you don't have control. And so maybe for you it means, I'm not going to get it. It's not going to be in the grocery budget. I'm not going to buy that thing because I've, I've had the battle and I lose every time. <laughs> maybe for some of us it's about intentionality. That we just need to be cautious. Use some caution when it comes to certain things that we know aren't going to be for our good. And be intentional. Be intentional. I think, again, this can be very helpful as we consider how to use our bodies. Because the biggest point is how God views your body. And let's talk a little bit about that. How God views the body he gave you. To talk about that, I want to talk a little about art. Okay? I was coming across some art pieces that sold for really high prices. And it's amazing what people will spend for art. And uh, this current selection is from 1961. Here, the artist did not have time to give it a title. And I want you to guess how much someone paid for this piece of art. It's by Mark Rothko. Okay, ready? It's untitled. He didn't have a chance to title it. Uh, But here it is. Man. Does that dazzle the eyes or what? Now, for these orange splotches, can you imagine how much someone doled out or paid? Anyone? Anyone? 10 grand? That's good. How about $28 million? $28 million. Now, get this. Look at what my daughter drew This just this week. And this is none related Like, if if this is my retirement planning, all I need to do is put this in a frame, and this actually has a title. It's called a Pop-Tart, and she said Orange Dream Console. So she even went further than this guy, and I could just sell this, and I could tell Dave Ramsey, that's my retirement IRA. That's my plan. My daughter's going to draw, and I'm going to collect on eBay all the winnings. Right. Amazing. But regardless of whoever spent the money on this, and I think it might have been his mom, you know, throw him a bone like <laughs> she was a billionaire. What's 28 million, you know? I, don't, I have no other explanation, but it leads me to a general truth, and here is that general truth I want you to know, that an object's worth is determined by how much someone is willing to pay for it. You have something you want to sell? Put it on eBay. See what people are willing to spend, and there you find its value. Now we're talking about our body, and we've got to determine its worth. Look at verse 20. Verse 20, and just before it, it says, You are not your own, and why? You were bought at a price. And this is where that Gaga song really just drew me away because, and you can boycott that all in general, by the way. uh, It wasn't her body. And what we have now isn't really mine. Someone purchased it. I am just a steward of it. It was given to me by someone greater than I. And that means that I need to treat it well. For you can think what you want about that art piece, but what if I I took that art piece and whoever paid $28 million and I tried to draw on it and make it the Pop-Tart? They probably wouldn't be too happy, right? They'd probably say, I paid good money for that. Or or what if I gave you one of my most valuable possessions that I spent a lot of money, I really love this thing, and you lit it on fire, I would be very upset, wouldn't I? That it was not yours. I paid good money for that. What are you doing? I wonder if God feels the same way about our bodies. The one who purchased us. Who looks down and says, I paid so much for that. What are you doing? What are you doing with what I gave you? Are you really going to dive into that with your body? Are you really going to Make that your pattern of eating or drinking. What are you doing? And then consider how much did he pay for us. It wasn't 28 million. Would you look back at your sermon hymn? love singing old sermon hymns. Got a lot of meat there. What's that first line say? What's that first line say? It says, Lord of glory, you have bought us with your your lifeblood. Now which would have been harder? To put it on Visa or to shed your blood? I think shed your blood. And the good news we've gathered around is that our Heavenly Father loved us so much that He would allow a son whom He loved so much to suffer and to die so that we could be redeemed and forgiven and bought back from the curse of sin. And what I learn about my body is that I am priceless to my God. What I learn about myself is that even if I don't consider myself a masterpiece, he sure does. What I learn about my body and your body is that it is good and you have been redeemed and he looks down and he says that is a work of art that I love. My goodness gracious. And right now he's giving you a 1.0 version. A 1.0 version that due to sin is susceptible to sickness and pain and all sorts of disease. A 1.0 version that will someday die. But for those who are in Christ and trust Jesus their Savior, you will have a 2.0 version. Do you know that? He will trade out your body. The one who gave you this in the first place will trade it out. He will make the perishable be clothed with the imperishable. He will make it so we will not be susceptible to pain or to sickness or disease. And our bodies will have no expiration date in eternal life. What what glorious news is that? That is the author of your existence. And so what I find, and if you take nothing else away from today's lesson, please take this. Your whole self is of priceless, priceless worth to God. He paid dearly for you. And if He views me as a masterpiece, if he views me as his work of art and something good, what what right do I have to value myself any less? What right do I have to mistreat myself or let anyone else mistreat myself? What, What good is that with what has been given? And so, dear friends, Knowing forgiveness and knowing that change is possible through our God who brought us from life to death. Knowing that we can make imperfect progress. Let's just talk a little bit about what we can do with our bodies or continue to do in many cases to continue to honor God with them, right? I want to tell you a story of a church in California. A whole church picked up on this idea that our bodies were not our own and we should treat them rightly. And they're they're focusing on losing weight and and 12,000 people lost over 250,000 pounds. So again, they they had 12,000 people joined to the task of losing 250,000 pounds. What they did is recorded in a book that I'd recommend. It's called The Daniel Plan. We read from Daniel about vegetables and all that. And uh, because I'm not a fitness or or food guru, I thought I'd I'd give you some knowledge from them. And The Daniel Plan, all of what they did is recorded in this book. You can pick it up again on Amazon. And um, there they had physical experts. One was Dr. Hyman just write about how our body is built. And in general, um, what we found is that food and fitness, this is probably nothing new, make a difference. Is it okay if I give you a bit of cliff notes of what I read? Again, I'm not a a physical guru, but a a bit of cliff notes. All right, got permission, thank you. Um, One of the things they recommended, and this was actually found in the study with those twins, is that it wasn't sugar or fat that was really problematic, but processed foods. Processed foods was also a culprit in this book because they said processed foods are high in both fat and sugar. And so that's what we need to watch out for. They recommended organic. Um, one of the things that stuck with me is that the shortest distance from farm to fork will be best for you. Shortest distance from farm to fork. So again, uh, good healthy foods. This may not come as no surprise, but they advocated eating more vegetables and fruits. Right? Um, and they said that food is like medicine. Eating the right foods can naturally heal you, just as eating the wrong foods can lead to diseases and lead to problems along the way with our bodies. Um, One final thing that I thought I'd bring up is that if you're experiencing health problems on a regular basis that you can't find the culprit, they said that both gluten and dairy are major culprits. Gluten and dairy um, are major causes of inflammation and various um, health problems and so they recommended to try an experiment where you go off of them for a while uh, and and just see what your body says about them. Um, So there's just some cliff notes about food. They had another section on fitness. Um, I thought they came up with a clever clever acronym I'd share with you. Uh, It's called PLAY where you have prayerful movements. Where during the day, if you're sitting, you just break it up and you walk the stairs and you pray or you fidget or you just walk around. You have loosening breaks where you're actually stretching at certain times of the day. Active games, so maybe you join a basketball league, a swimming league, a a competition you train for. And then youthful training where it is good to strengthen and tone our muscles, whether they push-ups or pull-ups or gym or whatever there is. So to play. Another book that I'd recommend is one that I recently read called The Body for Life. I kind of laugh at the picture. Uh, but the information's good, <laughs> and, um, and take it from there. A lot of good fitness stuff. Now, some of you might be okay, and, and, and that's awesome. Continue on where you are. But I say this for those who might be looking for resources, maybe drawing away, like, I-, I want to make a change, or I need some extra help. I need some advice on how to treat my body well, and I just wanted to empower you, if that makes sense. But more than that, I want to talk about if we do change or do continue in the right way, the wonderful things that God can use our bodies for. To open your eyes to see how integral your body is and how integral how you're feeling each day affects everything that you do. You know, I was amazed by how one woman used her body. Um, Back in September, I read about this lady. Her name is Diana Nyad. Anyone hear this story and what she did? She is the woman who is 64 years old And she swam from Cuba to Key West, Florida. Now that is 110 miles, and that was 53 hours of swimming. She did it without a shark cage, she did it without flippers, and without using anything to keep her up. And this was her fifth try at it. So she had four other attempts that failed, and she kept going at it, and she finally met her goal. I wonder what goals we might create for us. Can I share with you one, one goal that I had um, for my body? Um, this is personal information, but I'll share. For over a year and a half, I couldn't sleep through the night. Year and a half, I didn't know what was going on. I'd wake up with such back pain that I thought my back was going to break if someone hit it too hard. It was so tight. And so for over a year and a half, problematic. And so my goal was very simple. I wanted to sleep through the night. Imagine that. That'd be awesome, Right? And what I found is that I needed to work out. See, I sit all day, and I needed to strengthen my lower body and especially my lower back in order to make it through the night. I needed to strengthen those problematic areas, and that was my goal. It was very simple. I wanted to sleep through the night. What could be a goal of yours? Maybe there is a similar problem in your life that you're like, man, if I would get this right, maybe I could feel better in this area. If I could get this right, maybe I could go to work and, and, and I know I'm groggy at certain periods and I know I'm not doing my best, I could fire on all cylinders. Maybe it's, it's as a student and I, I just really want to learn how to use my body. I was reading the Daniel plan and I found one man who had an awesome goal for his body. He was a pastor. And he was 60 years old and he wanted to lose 40 pounds. That was his goal. But look at the reason he had of wanting to lose 40 pounds. He said, my real reason for losing the weight and getting into shape is that I want to share and preach the gospel of Christ's love with as many people as I can. What he tied his goal with was the purpose of God for his life. And I see that in our lesson. Would you read with me? Let's look back and here, um, look at verse 13, the end of verse 13. What does God say about the body? The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. You see, God has a purpose for you. Your existence was not your idea. It was God's. And he made you well. He gave you eyes, ears, and all your abilities as we confess in the catechism. And he's got a purpose for you. Maybe your purpose is different. We all have different stations of life. Maybe for some here, it's, it's being a mom and, and being the best mom you can be because you know the marathon day you have with your kids. It never ends. And so you want to have as much strength as you can. Maybe it's being a provider. And you know there are certain periods of the day where you are groggy and it's not going well. You're not being efficient by any means and you want to change that. Maybe it's being a worker and wanting to get home and still have energy to, to talk with your spouse or to play with your kids. Maybe it's as a young person who wants to really get this right and learn how to handle your body for life. Dear friends, you have a purpose by God. To do as best you can with what you got. And here's what you need to know. That no matter your position or station of life, you can't serve anybody without your body. It's part of what you do. It's part of our day-to-day walk. This was a quote given by a pastor. And pastors were notorious sometimes for neglecting their body. Pastors, I think, get it in their head that we work with the Almighty, so maybe he'll give us Almighty power past natural circumstances. Guess what? That doesn't happen. We don't got that. So we got to protect our bodies. The same is true of you. The same is true of me. Can't serve anyone. Can't please God. Can't please your family. Can't work well without your body. How are you going to treat it? May you primarily open your eyes to see that you are a treasure to your God. May you then see that you have a purpose by Him. And may He give you wisdom to treat well what He's given you. Let me pray for us as we close today. Heavenly Father, I praise You for how wonderfully You made me. You gave me my eyes, ears, and all my abilities. Help me to take good care of the body You have given. If there is a substance that has mastery over me, Empower me by your help and maybe the help of others to get past that. Guide my daily steps in serving you and others. And thank you for forgiving me and giving new opportunities to please you every day. In Jesus' name, amen.